If I should stay, I would only be in your Of you every step of the way. And You're listening to episode 114, the final episode of Caucus Talk your source for culture, history, and tourism in the North Caucasus, mountains of Russia. I'm your co-host, Andrew. It's our last episode, and you messed that up, Andrew. (laughs) (laughs) Co-host? your host Eli we were we were expecting like an emotional moment there and um I don't know I I needed that grammatical fib to keep me holding it together I didn't know what you said but I had to out you on it because otherwise we would be blubbering messes right now you and me Blubbering. Yeah. Yeah. So um, let's just let's just get right down to brass tacks here. You know, let's start with the good not news. Not beat around the bush. The good news. What's the good <laughs> news, Andrew? <laughs> so I have a friend who says she's a pre-griever, meaning when okay. something is coming up, a big transition or something. And you know who you are out there. You know who you are. Um, she like the months leading up to it does all of the thinking and grieving and weeping and saying goodbye. So when it comes to t- it comes time, it's like, whoop, she's out of here. In oh. contrast, I'm a post griever. I will just like okay. walk up, be like, bye, see ya and leave. And the next hours, you know, fall on the floor. But I sense that Andrew, you are like a, a, in, the, in moment. the moment, griever. I can tell this is hard for you. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna process this live. Yeah. Well, listeners, we have some explaining to do. Obviously, um, we got we got we, we got in a we, fight, we, and we just can't. We, yeah, we just can't even <laughs> irreconcilable yeah. differences. Uh, that's we're gonna. <laughs> that's not true. We're we're retiring retiring from caucus talk to we spend more time with our families. Are afraid of entering too high of a tax bracket with our income from caucus talk, and so we're just pulling the plug. <laughs> no, it's not that. Oh man, yeah, we are. Um, you did hear right. This is our final episode of the podcast. Expect expect yeah, a sound w- effect inserted there. Just. To say. So Eli, let's uh yeah, let let's start with that. Why are we um ending 
the podcast, this great run we had on Caucus Talk. It has been, it has in every way exceeded our personal expectations. I can say that. Uh, It has gone on much longer than anyone ever expected. (laughs) I think that's the main expectation, just pure longevity. Um, Well, there are a lot of factors. Um, I I can say off the bat, it's not for any negative or nefarious reasons. Um, That's good to know up front. But we, yeah, our, our kind of life situations are launching us into new things. And sometimes you got to make space, make space for those new things. And, um, you know, yep. I'm not saying we're having another child. We're not. My wife and I already have <laughs> all that we need. I mean, if we, let's not go down that road. Um, like, no. Likewise. <laughs> um, so a big one is that my life circumstances have led me to a longer term um, engagement here in Georgia, the country, republic thereof, which is pretty darn close to the North Caucasus, but isn't the North yeah. Caucasus. Um, right. So that's a big thing. Yeah. I mean, actually, when when mo- when a lot of Russians hear Kavkaz, they think Georgia. So you're you're still you're still in the region, the wider region for sure. Definitely, definitely in the region. Yeah that that affects you know how deep we can really dive into a place um, with not both of us here. Um, I'll say from my perspective, um, we had our fourth child uh, in, at the beginning of 2021. And um, it's been a doozy of a transition from <laughs> from three to four kids to say that. Um, but yeah, I've I've definitely been looking for things. My my plate is much fuller. Um, and I've I've been looking for just areas of my life I need to kind of cut things out or um, yeah make more space like you said so yeah that's definitely a reason yeah and I'd say that too that my my focus being on on North Caucasus cultures is not the focus at the moment and you know we'll still be in the loop but I would say for me we'll kind of get into this a little bit but I really this this podcast has been more than anything a way to to be with people and to get to know people. And so the whole COVID sphere has really truncated that and now totally obliterated it. Not just that, but being in a different location. And, um, you know, it's, that's a big piece for me. I, I could keep doing something totally virtually, but, uh, it definitely takes away a lot of it. Um, but we've had this conversation, you know, let's pull back the curtain, Andrew. It was one year. Was it not one year ago? When we were thinking of pulling the plug yeah. the first time, yeah, yeah, we had a we had several lengthy conversations. By by we, I mean, I mean you, but <laughs> <laughs> I was I was pre transitioning to four kids <laughs> at that point. No denial, <laughs> no. Um, and uh, so it's not actually the first time that we've, we've, but there is a sense of like, man, this has been a good thing, and it's we'd rather stop a good thing while it's good, you know, and kind of. We just have a sense like this is a good time to. We we yeah. even thought about calling it an indefinite pause, but that's still just kind of beating around the bush. If by listener demand and the, <laughs> the world um, <laughs> situational things, the demand for caucus talk comes surging back, you better believe you will hear from us again. You know, if you're sitting there like <laughs> five years from now and this this. Alert pops uh, up on your phone, cur- like new new caucus curtain talk. call. 
They're, they're going to be like, no I bet it's call. a repost. I bet it's the meat and tea one again. <laughs> Wait, is this a repost of the repost? <laughs> and you, anyway, I think those are sort of the, yeah, I, the, main, the main things happening. For, yeah, and I remember, Eli, when we started this, like, we both had this sense, like, this is the time to start it, you know? We we were excited. Young, we had stupid. Moti- motivation. You were children. <laughs> our our mid to late thirties. Um, <laughs> Straight up. Yeah, and um, I have definitely had the sense like it's a good. Just like you need to know when to begin something, you need to know when to finish something too. So yeah, I do feel good about putting a wrap. It's on like it, I got in a taxi cab yesterday, and what was playing but Ace of Base. And it's that kind of thing. You're like, you know what? Yes. The world said goodbye to Ace of Base already, you know, and everyone needs to join, like, uh, be willing to just <laughs> let it go. It was, I'm not, it was what it was. I'm not going to say what it was, but now, like, let's not, you know, let's just not keep playing, playing that. So we don't want to be your Ace of Base. Well, we do want to share. We've gotten a lot out of this podcast and a lot of this process, and um, we just want to, you know, share a little bit. I think, I think we, um, maybe we have a lot to share. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's been an absolute joy to do, and like we said, like it, it exceeded our expectations in so many ways, um, and that was a lot of the joy of it. Like it went directions we never could have imagined. Um, I mean, all good things. Yeah. So. Yeah, Eli, what would what would you say first highlight for you? Um something you enjoyed about about this ride? Well, besides global notoriety and fame, um <laughs> I, I kind of have uh, said it, but anything that gets me into people's lives is in general in, a, in an appropriate way. That sounds creeper now that I say that out loud. Um <laughs> but, but, <laughs> well, I mean, uh it's something I value and I think it's great because I'm I guess a people person and I really have enjoyed getting to know people and what makes them unique and the things that they love. So, of course, in particular for me, the cultural aspects um, and especially the artistic and musical aspects of North Caucasus cultures mm-hmm. have been such a a gift to be able to experience firsthand. I have so many very precious memories and lots of good little wave files on my computer from from those encounters, <laughs> um, so I I think that's been a real a real highlight. I, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about episodes, but our our episode with with Tempelot and his, uh, Selena's wife, man, that was just awesome to have them playing their instruments in our studio in Pitygorsk for sure, aka your guest bedroom. Yeah, so, that's a that's a episode twenty seven A and twenty seven B listeners. In case you want to check that out. Uh, that's an easy one for me. How about you, Andrew? Um, I, you know, I really feel like uh, Caucus Taught brought history to life for me, and specifically in how much we were able to connect with uh, the diaspora communities around the world right. from the North Caucasus. Um, we, I mean, yeah, we, we were hearing from people in Turkey, uh, Israel, the United States, Europe. Um, at some point, somebody wrote us from, I think it was Singapore. Um, yeah, like people whose ancestors were from the Caucasus who either, yeah, most of them had never been here 
um, but still very much uh, identifying as, you know, many of them were Circassians. Um, identifying Circassians, some of them still fluently speaking the language. That that was amazing definitely. for me. Um, I, I did not, I definitely didn't see that coming. And it really, like I said, it really brought history to life. So that was a huge, huge highlight for me. I mean, just this week, I got, someone sent me a video of this Japanese kid in Japan who found out about Lesginka and North Caucasus culture and became like this Jigit. And he's got all the clothes. Wow. He's got the papaha. He's got the Cherkesk outfit with the, and he, and he taught himself Lesginka. And so he sees videos of him oh in Japan, goodness. like outside at these monuments doing Lesginka and in a dance studio and like spinning around on his knees. Just goes to show you. Um, yeah. 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 So big, big thanks to, uh, Imre and from Turkey and, uh, David and from Israel, Suhain, uh, in California via, via Syria, uh, via Turkey. <laughs> um, right. yeah, just it's such a, such a privilege to connect with you guys and allow you to share your stories. I mean, you're right that it brings history to life because in the third sentence of every conversation, someone's referring to like a different millennium. You know, the time scale in the normal conversation with in the North Caucasus is so... It's like my three-year-old who has no sense of time. So he has a memory and he keeps calling it last night. He's like, do you remember last night yes. when we were at grandma's house and you jumped in the pool or something? I was like, you mean last year? But it's kind of like that with Caucasus people. It's like, well, just recently in 1284, whatever. <laughs> a, guy, a guy I talked to this week met some North Caucasus uh, guys and, and one of them apologized that he could only trace his lineage back 11 generations. <laughs> Sorry. Shame on you. Yes, great, <laughs> greatly. Andrew, why don't you tell us about some of our stats? Because I think, you know, they're cool, aren't they? You said some about like people oh, that we've connected with, listeners, but, you know. You, of course, yeah, mentioned that to me in our pre- uh, pre-episode prep and I nerded out then for way too long on figuring out who listened from where and how much. Okay, but not only that, Andrew realized that you can't just go by sheer downloads because the first episode has been up four (laughs) years and the last episode has been up four weeks or whatever. So you can't just look at sheer downloads to do popularity. So he's got this like statistical (laughs) model going of downloads versus months available per month. Put in a patent for it. Podcast patent. Oh yeah. uh, That's where the the money's going to come from. Yeah. And so he's, and then everything like every episode gets an arbitrary scoring and so on. But I guess that's very cool. And people that like would actually be, the right way to go about that. Yeah. Well, uh, I think we can for sure at least share with confidence uh, how many people have listened from where. Over the past four and a half years, uh, we released 114 episodes and over 48,000 downloads. That's pretty amazing from around the world. Shout out to us. <laughs> really shout out to our listeners because oh, yeah, they're yeah, the I'm ones right, who, right. who got that number to that point. <laughs> but yeah, it's real fascinating seeing over 120 countries Man. Uh, people listened from. That's unbelievable. Um, of course, every continent except Antarctica. Um, a bit disappointed about all that. All right, we can't quit. We but, can't uh, stop. Although, we can't. Sorry, you're right. We can't. <laughs> but is there an ISP? Like, is there, can you get an, an Antarctic download? What it, 
would it show up on the map? Oh, um, okay, okay, okay. But about about half, about fifty percent of our listeners were from the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the breakdown from there is really interesting. About twenty thousand, or sorry, about twenty percent came from Europe, uh, the UK, and Germany were leading the way mm-hmm. in Europe. Another twenty percent from Russia, and I would imagine the majority of those are from here in the North Caucasus. Which that to me is so awesome. I never expected so many people. Over eight thousand downloads here in the Caucasus. That's cool. Pretty awesome. Um, and then the rest were divided. I I made my own uh, parts of the world up. I gave one category to Caucasus diaspora, which is mainly Turkey and Israel. Um, but between those two countries alone, over seventeen hundred downloads because of the large Circassian populations there. And then. Um, the South Caucasus also, we had a lot of listens, Georgia, Azerbaijan, Armenia, uh, over 1600 downloads. Um, I, Eli, I was looking at like the top seven countries mm-hmm. of people who have listened. And I mean, what other podcasts in the world have Georgia, Azerbaijan, and Turkey and the English language in the top None. seven? No, we've, we've done it again, Andrew. <laughs> and, and Russia. You're asking the right guy that yeah, question. So, None. <laughs> <laughs> you already researched that one. <laughs> Yeah, that's very something to be very, uh, I think, really proud of and really happy about. More to the point, that we get to we get to do, you know, we've gotten to do this to just carve out uh, a little space. And um, I think one thing that I've heard from from a few folks I've talked to is just we we do really want to preserve this as an archive. You know, obviously not to our own credit in any way, but to the credit of the peoples who are we're sort of trying to mm. celebrate and get to know. So we do pledge to keep this, you know, to keep this available, of course, um, and hopefully keep it as a bit of an archives until we get tapped by, you know, the National Archives <laughs> in Washington, D.C. and wants to purchase it for its historical value. But that's, I mean, when we'll cross the bridge when it comes to that comforts me, Eli, because that was a question I had for you after this podcast. So is it, how are we keeping this stuff online? Are we doing that? Oh yeah. I'll bill you. (laughs) Don't worry. Um, yeah, we'll definitely do that. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. You know, I, in general, like it was so good for me to just have an intentional focus on pulling out the positive things about life here. Yeah. Um, obviously we, we live here, we know it's not a perfect place and, you know, we read in the news like everybody else. Um, you can always choose to focus on negative things, but I think that decision we made in the beginning to choose on the positive things, I'm so glad we did that because, um, it helped us get past like the things that most people know about the Caucasus, which is blaring news headlines or, uh, vicious political statements or, you know, extreme travel warnings. <laughs> and we really were able to like, also, obviously the two of us get to the, get to the people, which are the heart of the region, but really I think help give them a voice to the rest of the world. So I'm, I'm really thankful that that was a great experience um, for me to be able to do that. Yeah, I definitely agree. I, I definitely feel like I've learned some lessons, kind of life lessons from living in the North Caucasus and doing this podcast. Um, a couple come to mind right off the bat. I think one thing that um, our North Caucasus friends have taught me is pride in the right sense, like uh, a pride of your home, your homeland and your home place. Because like you said, Andrew, not only is it easy to get negative about world events, you can get, it's easy to be negative about anything. 
it's it's the easy choice. It's easy yeah. to complain. It's easy to nitpick, to fault find, to blame, and partly because there's yeah. some truth to most of it. You know, nothing's perfect. No one's perfect. No place is is absolutely ideal. So, yes, you can always find something to complain about if that's your if that's what you're trying to do. Um, and I think it's very easy to do that with the places that we're from and to just look right past what makes them unique or special and kind of fall into that trap of, well, you know, familiarity breeds contempt as the proverb goes. And so to be with a people who so consistently, so vigorously rejoice in their place in the world, which so many other people critique and criticize and uh, villainize was instructive. And when you look back at your own place that you're from and Mm. place where you are, you say, this place has a, if I, if I were looking at this like that, I would have a lot more joy in where I am, where I find myself. And again, it's life. There's, you know, challenges and you have to, things come with their lumps, but I just, I really appreciate that amazing positivity about one's own place. I think what you just said specifically for me, the love for the land, you know, yes. like historically this is where uh, generations and generations of their ancestors lived. And like that really was brought to life uh, for me in a way I hadn't experienced before. Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. a good word. And then I think the second one that I really loved was their, their celebration of family and a particularly large families. I, huh. I, we've said it many times, but that is just, a response that I have not gotten in the Western world very much when it comes to big families. I'm not saying it's always negative, but you root mm. it categorically in the Caucasus, having many children is celebrated. Um, so obviously that's a very personal choice and it's, you know, I'm not saying right. that it one's better or worse than another, but as someone with many children, it, really helped you feel at home in your own skin and at home in society with this large family when a lot of places Hmm. you don't, you feel like you're imposing or the kids are, you know, shouldn't be there and all all these things. Um, And I would add to that, that it helped me even more appreciate my wife and her not only ability to bring children into the world and to rear and raise them, but to see her in this highly honored position of Munoga Dietnaya Mama, you know, like this this mother of of many children. Huh. And to see her yeah. own that and to literally lift her head walking down the street was wonderful. And I'm really grateful to the North <laughs> Caucasus, our North Caucasus friends for showing us that. Yeah, that's great. Um I kind of um, would be afraid right now to go around to our neighbors in our apartment building and ask if they're categorically for having <laughs> young children. Um, <laughs> but to be honest, they're not but, uh, all North in general. Caucasus I agree with I agree apartment. with what you said. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's true. You have a funny apartment building. Yeah, our friends will say, "Do your do your neighbors?" bother you can you hear them through the wall through the roof and we're like yeah that's not really the issue is us hearing them (laughs) 
Do you think we can hear anything with the noise going on in our apartment right now? No. Uh. Oh, man. That's good, Eli. I, of course, you know, we have raved and raved about hospitality on this podcast, but like you can't, can't end without talking about that. I consistently tell people almost everything I've learned about hospitality in my life, I learned here in the North Caucasus and just really thankful, first of all, for the hospitality shown to me um, as a guest. Uh, I was thinking about I'm that I'm thankful today. for the hospitality shown to you because a lot of that food made its way into our apartment and to our family. So thank you <laughs> for showing hospitality to the Slates and Slates for showing hospitality to us. Yeah, you're, you're welcome. Um, ha- happy to. <laughs> um, but yeah, like uh, it actually leads into my second point, which is friendship. Um, because mm-hmm. of just the great hospitality people show, that opens the door to move deeper into relationship with them, which would be friendship. Um, and so I, I think I really learned the deep connection there is between hospitality and friendship. Yeah. And, you know, there's so many practical things about hospitality we learned. But, yeah, that's, that's a big one for me. Um, yeah. I think another huge one was just seeing how respect for elders and uh, older people is observed here and, and practiced in the North Caucasus. Um, yeah, it, I, I think it's really changed me in a lot of ways, how I relate to older people. It's, it's got me thinking very differently about, um, you know, my role now as a son and my parents and, um, well, and, and we've yeah, gotten a lot that, of feedback I already. Really, really appreciated. I mean, our, our, um, retirement episodes, it's just so funny. Like you think about what to podcast about and retirement does not come like to mind. And yet, that those have we've gotten yeah. a lot of comments like personally from people who listen and it really got them thinking and it really brought up a lot so you're absolutely right that's a very key issue and man what an amazing um example our our caucus's friends set in that yeah so i think we just we just really want to say thank you to our friends in the north caucasus um indeed yeah we we've, we've learned a lot from you um it's really been a, a privilege to be a part of your lives and of of course, outside of the podcast, but to get the, yeah, really elevate those things on the podcast has been awesome. I think it could be seen as transactional and sort of like tell us about your culture and sort of information dump, but we really feel that people have opened, you have opened your hearts to us and and brought us in and welcomed yeah. us, you know, not in a just a formal like, please come, but you know, we felt that draw to come and and to know you more and get to know what you love about your own, your own culture. So, but we're not going to end there because I don't know if we've learned this from North Caucasus, but I feel like we, we feel we'd like to leave with some, some words of, I don't know, is it advice? Is it uh, reflection? Is it lessons that we'd like to impart? Yeah, I'd I'm call not it sure. exhortation. Hey, ooh. Huh. Yeah. Spicy. All right. Exhortations. Um, yeah. But bit formal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I've definitely put a lot of thought into this and I mean, at least on this public level in the podcast, these are kind of our last kind of parting words to our Caucasus friends. So yeah, just want a couple exhortations. Um, the, the first I'd, I want to say is you have a lot to give uh, to the people of this world. Yes. And uh, don't be shy in doing that. 
your traditions, um, the the values that have been uh, held here for many, many, many generations. Um, there's a lot of value that you can pass on um, to people in other countries and of other traditions. So, yeah, I, I just want to say share those things generously. Uh, between nations here in the Caucasus, uh, in wider Russia, and around the world. Because it's, again, kind of like you said, it's easy to complain um, instead of, you know, being positive. I think it's it's natural and easy to be insular and to kind of stay among your own when you really have a lot of benefit and value you can add to other people uh, in, in other places or who are different from you. So I really want to exhort my Caucasus friends, like, Take these things that uh, you have been a part of your culture for so many um, generations and and please share them with the world. I think one thing that we would love to have done in this is also in some way model a way to honor others and to learn, you know, cross cultural lines. Not at all saying we have it all figured out or this is the only way or whatever, but I think that's something we would love to have passed on too. You know, some things are taught, some are more caught, and this might be more of the latter. But for, for our friends, we would love it if, if we've been mm. able to set an example of, of kind of um, energetically learning and, and, you know, being able to, to take in from another culture, unthreatened and freely sharing. And so we just... Uh, encourage you who have, just like you said, Andrew, I have so much to share, to go and share it freely and to learn freely um, because it's in that exchange. So much is gained. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, I think the second thing kind of transitioning from that, um, you know, (laughs) all of us are aware that whatever nation we come from or ethnic group or whatever you want to call it, tradition, None of them are perfect. There's no ideal one, even though, you know, this throughout the history of the world, like, you know, from one generation to another, one country or different group may, you know, espouse these things that they're the ideal. But we all know, like, there's shortcomings everywhere. So I just want to say to my Caucasus friends, like, that's okay. Um, You know, we've lived here a long time. Of course, in promoting the positive, we also have seen negative things. And Maybe there would be some things to be ashamed of, but it, that's just life. And like, there's a lot of things we could say about where we come from that we necessarily um, would like to see change in too. So in light of that, like learn from others uh, and maybe there could be ways like you could even bring, bring good um, to your own people, to your own nation, um, to, to this region. Um, by being being willing to learn from others. Um, yeah. What would you add to that, Eli? Mm, nothing. <laughs> I think that's spot on. Yeah. One thing I wrote down was like, it's okay if your traditions don't meet every need perfectly in your life. Like no one would, would actually expect that, you know? Yes. You know, we, for example, we gleaned a lot from learning from Caucasus cultures. Um, it filled in some of the gaps maybe in areas of our lives that we, <laughs> Uh, hadn't learned a lot in. So I, I think it goes uh, vice versa, vice versa as well, both ways uh, for Caucasus peoples. And I just, yeah, want to exhort you guys to do that. Yeah. That's, that's a good way of putting that. Like uh, maybe you could say it's not a zero sum game. 
learning from from other people or other cultures. A zero sum game meaning, you know, if there's more of one, there's less of another. And it isn't that way. I think some things right. one thing that keeps us from being open to what's different or different people or you know, different traditions really to open is that it feels it can feel threatening because it's different. But actually it isn't threatening by you know, freely learning and exchanging and um, I think that it's a, a mutual gain. The other one that I have, and before your last one, Andrew, which relates to the two above, um, maybe I've said it a little bit, but as I've as I've looked into uh, the cultural, the traditions, and particularly artistic traditions of the North Caucasus, and been amazed at the depth and the oh ancientness of some of these traditions i've sort of i've seen also a way in which traditions become can become frozen and this is not unique to russia or the north caucasus it's just one place that i've seen it and one thing that i would want to that i've been working to 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 um encourage our caucasus friends or others in who have these precious traditions is Keeping them alive uh, means allowing for some change. That sort of is an oxymoron, but that's where a lot of life is lived in a paradox. If you're purely conservative and only conserve a thing, it will eventually become a fossil with no life in it whatsoever. And if you don't preserve anything at all, you have no reference point, you have no tradition anymore, and you're totally freewheeling you know, in, in a the universe is spinning around you and you don't know which way is up. And I think healthy traditions in cultures are always allowing for change. And there's always some growing edge, which is inherently and by definition uncomfortable, but it, it helps bring the riches of the past into the present and future. When there's too rigid, when there's no room for change right. and nothing can be modified, it eventually becomes walled off and encrusted in its own casing. And ultimately, huh. in daily life, in the ways that matter most, it gets left behind. It's put under glass. It's appreciated. It's a relic. But relics are not where, you know, we don't live our lives playing with relics. <laughs> um so for those, and it's not to say like a relic is a bad yeah. thing or something that's purely ancient, but for those, especially the artistic expressions and everything, I would just encourage you, because it's a strong tradition, you can let it live and breathe and not be afraid that you'll lose it. Um, mm. And that's something I would love to see more of in the North Caucasus and really encourage those who are practitioners, trainers, teachers, uh, scholars to be uh, participants in a way that that lets that thing breathe and continue to find new life. That's great, Eli. I mean, what was so interesting about what you said is the the opposite of not you're not saying at all to to get rid of tradition because you said the opposite of that is having nothing to be based in if you don't preserve anything, right. and then it's just kind of free falling or um, spitballing yep. and. I think allowing that flexibility that enables each generation to really embrace embrace things as their own, uh, and it might be different for one reason or another, but it still keeps it alive. So yeah, totally. I, that was a good uh, that was a 
Maybe your final uh, <laughs> ethnographic <Yeah>. insight. <laughs> That's right. On caucus type, but it, it was a good one. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, my my final one. I just want to say I think you know a lot of this podcast we've talked about the past and the present uh, of the North Caucasus, and I think um, a huge key for the future of the North Caucasus is forgiveness. Wow. You know, we could, wow, we could really dive into this, but I think on an individual level between people, I think between different nationalities, I think based on historic events that have happened, I, I think forgiveness is so key for a prosperous, thriving North Caucasus region. And so that's, that's really kind of the last thing I want to say is I really wish for my, my North Caucasus friends that you would really walk, walk in forgiveness in your lives with other people, with other nations. I, I think it's the best way forward. Wow. Yeah. For, for you as individuals and, and for you as a society. Man, those are some strong words. And if, <sighs> thank you for saying that, Andrew, and putting words on that. I think forgiveness is one of the most radical virtues on earth and one of the most demanding. Mm. And like you said, probably one of the most fruitful and life-giving virtues that can be practiced. Yeah. And maybe one of the most difficult, difficult to practice. But everywhere it is, life springs up and there's growth and we I definitely agree with that we we long to see that for our Caucasus friends. Okay, well, we're done now. <laughs> um, oh man, um, again, yeah. There, there's so much to say, but yeah. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you to all our listeners. It, it's been a blast, Eli. Of course. I want to say thank you to you. This has been so much fun. Um, launched us, launched us into our late thirties and early forties for what's next. Yeah, I, I agree, Andrew. You you couldn't have done it without me. And uh, no, uh, sorry, I meant um, I I couldn't have done it without <laughs> you. <laughs> I've been thinking about our outro, where we typically say we'll see you when you get here, and that may still be true. We may see you when you get here, but you know, for our final one, I. I don't know how to change it. I think anything I say is going to be insufferably corny, but I think (laughs) beyond that, but I really want our listeners to see it for themselves. (laughs) I really want them to see it for themselves. So I will just echo what every single guest that we have had has said from their hearts, Mm. which is you are welcome. Please come. And if you do, you will see it when you get it. Yeah,